Welcome to the I Heart Chocolate Podcast, a place where chasing dreams and chocolate is celebrated, where it's okay to take the abnormal path and pursue your true happiness. My name is Tina Cudinia, chocolate business mentor, award-winning chocolatier, mama to a little one, and wifey to one seriously handsome Portuguese stud, fellow chocolatier pastry chef, Bruno Cudinia. I am all about doing the dang thing and doing it well. With 15 plus years of chocolate experience under my belt, I've worked in every chocolate scenario from massive factory to upscale boutique to wholesale to chocolate school to luxury hotels to having a side business to taking the business full time. Whew! Today, I get to help other chocolatiers worldwide level up and absolutely crush it on their chocolate goals. Oh yeah, we are going to the top, my friends. So if you're looking to get inspired, have some more insight into chocolatier life, and learn a thing or two, you are in the right place. Thanks for coming with me on this journey, and without further ado, let's dive in. Hey, chocolate friends. Today on the I Heart Chocolate Podcast, we have Stacey Millard. She is a mom of two and multi-passionate entrepreneur. She grew and sold her first seven-figure business before she was 35 while raising her daughters. She prides herself not only on her own experience growing the business, but also the thousands of small businesses she's helped over the last 15 years. She believes in three non-negotiables for every successful business, making money, heart-led impact on those we serve, and having a great life because of our businesses, not in spite of it. Stacy now works as a fractional CFO and business mentor for entrepreneurs, helping them scale and have the success she knows we can all achieve. Without further ado, I'm so pumped to have my friend, Stacey Millard. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the podcast. So your whole jam is numbers and this thing that so many creatives and chocolatiers don't really have a grasp on or don't really understand. So I just want to ask you, for the chocolatier who's listening to this, why are numbers so important. Why must we definitely know them in our business? So I think the biggest misconception is that when we talk about numbers that we're talking like dollars and cents, we're just worried about what's left in the bank at the end of the day. And it's so much more than that. Numbers specifically to me are patterns. Like for anybody who's creative, to me, it like paints a picture in my mind of what's going on, what could change, what could be improved. And numbers actually can tell me a whole story about the entire business. So that's why I love numbers. But more importantly, I know after working with like thousands and thousands of entrepreneurs that really, if we don't have money, there's so many things that go astray. We can't invest in our businesses. We can't keep the customers. Like, I mean, you guys, you're delivering chocolate. Like it's my favorite. (laughs) And if you're not, people form an attachment with you. If you don't have money to invest in more inventory to make more chocolate, then we're almost letting our customers down. And then also, if we're not making money, we're letting our families down. They're expecting us to come home, right? They want to know like, hey, you can go work at a minimum wage job over here and make this much. Like, I would like you to make more than that and contribute to our family. So There's so many expectations financially. And I'm like, if we can use the numbers to paint this picture of what's going on and how it could improve, we can make this really great business where we get to do what we love. We get to serve people chocolate every day and we get to financially win because of it. That's awesome. Um, I love how you said that numbers paint the picture because it's, it's, as you said, I feel like myself included before I actually started learning more and understanding numbers. I was just always very confused and felt like everything was very overwhelming. 
So for you, what are some of the key numbers that an entrepreneur should be paying attention attention to at all times? You said it's not just dollars and cents, but patterns. So what do you mean exactly by that? Yeah, for sure. So I think in your industry, one of the biggest numbers you should be paying attention to is what your cost of goods sold is. Now, everybody includes the ingredients. Okay, I think that's easy. We're like, you know, we went out and bought raw chocolate the other day. So like this is this is what um, our costs are. However, we forget the amount of time that's going into it. So a lot of the time, if we're starting our own business, we're maybe not paying ourselves, but I approach things a little differently in always assuming like doing the math, like what would I have to pay myself? If I'm not there yet, that's okay. But what would it look like to pay somebody that wage? And after I've paid somebody to create the chocolates, I paid for the ingredients, then I want to know what is left over. And that's called your gross margin, right? Your gross profit. So it's the sales, less those input costs. That is always really important for any product-based business. And a lot of people get stuck there because that is where you really have to figure out like your systems and your inputs, like how do I get this, you know, made? Um, For example, if you're creating something really like a chocolate sculpture, something super fancy, so much time goes into it. But can you sell it for what it's worth based on that time input? And so that number gives us so much insight on like, oh, well, I can't. Okay, maybe I don't do that. Or maybe I only do one a month because I'm going to charge a hefty price for it. And that's only one person's going to want that. Right. So it gives us this ability to kind of ask questions on like, okay, so if that's not where I want it to be or need it to be, then how do I make adjustments? The other number that I think every single business owner wants to needs to know, no matter what industry they're in, is your break even. So this is looking at your overhead costs, the things like your website, and if you pay for marketing and your insurance and like all those things that you're paying for, no matter what, no matter how many chocolates you sell, that's coming out of your bank account every month. And you work that backwards based on that gross margin that you're making, like what percentage you're making. And you find out this is how many dollars a month I actually have to sell in order to just pay the bills right? Ideally, that's also paying yourself what you're worth. But that is not um, that is a non negotiable, like you need to know that number, because that just takes care of it every month. And that number, what I would like also love to tell you is that number can be adjusted, right? So when you understand that profits kind of made up of three levers, it's made up of revenue, those costs that go into each chocolate you make, and then that overhead number that those expenses, no matter what, you can start making adjustments. So if you're like, wow, I have to sell a lot of chocolates every month to break even and I don't really like that. Yeah. Then you have the ability to go ahead and start making changes. Like maybe you reduce your overhead costs. So you're bringing down those monthly expenses. Maybe there's a way to do that. Maybe there's a way to start um, either increasing your prices or maybe you're bringing down the cost of making the chocolate, but you get to start playing with it so that you're like, hey, I need to bring it somewhere back to like where I feel comfortable. Like I know I can sell this every month and you make changes so that you're better off financially so that you're here for the long run. I love that. I feel like when you talk about numbers, one, you can totally tell it's your jam. And two, you broke all of that down in such a way that I feel like for the listener who never really tracks anything, because that's the most common thing I see as soon as I me the chocolatier who I want to mentor I'm like you know what's your business look like are you costing out your recipes are you costing out how much it takes to run your business and a lot of people are like no I kind of have a ballpark idea 
how important yeah. the truth and like if you see it then you can actually build a strategy on how to change things i think that's the empowering flip of the flip of the switch for a lot of people to and hear. i'd love to add to that okay <laughs> like yeah most of the people who say i have a ballpark mm-hmm. their ballpark isn't that close or a lot of the time like that ballpark can make or break like one little number can make or break like your your expectations of like oh wow this is drastically different so I love to actually look at it now a lot of people what I would start with if you're like I've never looked at what it costs then I look at it as an overall and when you get those financial statements from your accountant at the end of the year or your CFO like high level it's there so you have a number that's like business wide it's not broken down by item but you have a number that's business wide and this starts taking into account things like discounts that you've offered free product that you've given away because we forget all those things when we're ballparking it mm. right like we forget that oh my gosh there's this other all this other cost of doing business and the other thing is is that I find people get overwhelmed with like trying to break it down. And it, it the math, that is where we're starting to use like high school math of, you know, I bought this bag of this and it's going to make this many chocolates and this one's going to make something different. But the basics of that is trying to come down to like the same measurement. So is it like, you know, how many chocolates you're going to get out of this one input, then you break it down. That can get intimidating but it is like the most powerful experience and really like crucial experience because I bet Tina, like when you did it, did you decide like, I'm going to continue this, this is going to be a specialty line. I'm going to charge more. Like you make decisions that are like, Oh wow. Like I had no idea. I have to do something different. No, a hundred percent. I was going to say, I, I, in my experience, when we first launched the business, we started off kind of small and then naturally we expand the products and then it came to a point where I was like, wait a minute, why am I doing all these different sorts of products and tracking the data of, does this actually make sense? Does mm-hmm. it actually, do I actually enjoy doing it? Is this making the return that I wanted to make, you know? And I felt like that whole process shocked me, to be honest, because it's like, oh, wow, I never, I never thought to look at my business that way. Like put on your CEO pants and actually look at the numbers. But at the same time, like I said before, I felt more empowered afterwards because then when I made a decision to change something in my business, I knew that the numbers backed it up. So I mm-hmm. felt better that way. I feel like a lot of chocolatiers who are listening to this, they just go based off their gut, which I don't say is wrong necessarily, but the numbers have to support your decisions as well. Because again, yes, you have a business and you have yourself to support. Maybe you have a family to support. Maybe you're trying to think the longevity of your business. Um, having said that, I I was thinking on this question because I know that people get intimidated looking at the numbers and everyone usually is very common with the PL, right? The profit and loss. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I know what I'm bringing in. I know what my losses, I know what my net profit is. And then there's also cash flow, which I feel like not so many people pay attention to. And that's something I kind of have been learning more about. And like, it's not just about the month to month. It's about, you know, seeing the flow of everything and how your business is going, especially throughout the year, if you want to be able to make better informed decisions. For you, is there one that's more important um, that business owners should be paying attention to more? And what's a common mistake that you see people make when it comes to profit and loss versus cash flow? Yeah. So if I'm being really honest, I would always, if I said you were only going to look at one of them, I would always look at the profit and loss Mm -hmm. because we do need to focus on making money. 
Mm-hmm. And so if you can at least make money, you're probably better off cash flow wise. If you're just looking at cash flow on its own, like it's it's not going to make a lot of sense. So like dive into the PL, but then optimize by looking at the cash flow. So what what that all means is um to give you an example, like at the end of this month, you've made money, but next month you need to buy some more product, your insurance comes due, and you have all these expenses. The idea is that you're going to want enough left in your bank account at the end of this month to start covering some of those expenses in case you haven't don't have any sales. Every single business is so different though, right? Like, you know, some might have a chocolate shop with a storefront, somebody might have a subscription box, like every business is so different. So it's going to be unique for every business model. But how much in your expenses you have, you can go back to that number that I talked about, like that overhead and know like I've got these expenses no matter what every single month, plus I have to invest in inventory. And you can start planning with like, okay, if I have this much, this is what I know I'm going to be spending. I, you know, never kind of bring in less than this much a month. And then that's when you can start making those cash flow decisions of, do I invest in something new? Do I pay myself a little bit of a bonus? Like, you know, maybe making those decisions that have longer term consequences. Also deciding like, how much do I keep in my bank account as a rainy day fund? Yeah. Good. Right. Good. Yeah. So cash flow is really important. Start with making the money, making a profit. And then lots of times, like we just like, we're like, oh my gosh, there's finally cash in the bank. Like, this is fun. And then you're like, I want to treat myself. I've been working so hard. I get it. So do I. And then all of a sudden you're like, Two weeks later, you're like, oh man, I needed this update on my website that's not working and I needed this and this and like now I have no money to do it. So to keep yourself off the roller coaster, that is where I like to plan. Got it. And then um, I love, I love, like I said, once again, you are so comfortable talking about all this stuff. I'm like, this is like strip, this girl's jam. I'm trying to just keep up with you. Uh, When, uh, if there's a chocolatier who's, you know, hearing this and I know I I know this because I used to be like this as well who says I need better handle on my numbers I know I need to understand it better but everyone assumes like oh like do I hire a CFO or do I hire an accountant or do I hire a bookkeeper how do I get organized yeah what do you suggest yeah so I'm going to give you the breakdown because I was an accountant. Uh, Our firm offered bookkeeping and I left that to be a CFO. I'm going to explain to you why. So bookkeepers traditionally don't have much training beyond like getting the numbers into a system. And that system, whether you're using an Excel sheet or you're using QuickBooks or another program, the idea behind that is like, it's just putting the numbers in this like usable format that we can then see patterns from or file a tax return from. So the bookkeepers are not trained in seeing the patterns. They're just trained in getting it into a system. Accountants, on the other hand, we are very much trained in tax, but also in um, financial statement preparation. By that, I mean, like, if you look at a Fortune 500 company and you're investing in a Fortune 500 company, like, you want to know their numbers. Mm -hmm. So we have to have these standards so that everybody's on the same page when they're giving you the numbers. Even then, marketing nowadays is, like, so incredibly deceptive if you've ever like, you know, people use numbers to be like, hey, look over here, not over here. Mm -hmm. So accountants are supposed to be versed at making sure this all looks alike. That's not really, 
you know, the best way to spend your time for a small business owner. Taxes specifically are like an optimization thing. Like first we have to focus on making money. And then when we have it, let's make sure, of course, let's make sure all of our write-offs are included in the bookkeeping. That's, you know, kind of like common sense. If you've paid for it and it's a business expense, we want it in there. But in terms of like tax strategy and like how do we pay the least amount of money in tax, that's really something you're looking at once you're making a lot of money, right? So we don't necessarily need a tax strategist. We need a bookkeeper, but they're not providing us the information that we need to paint those pictures. That is where a CFO comes in. That -hmm. is what I was trying to provide in my accounting firm, but having to do the taxes and everything else, it was just like so strapped to my desk. Um, I've completely restructured. I myself focus on the CFO piece. I have uh, a team that helps me with taxes and bookkeeping so that we can be a one-stop shop. But I'm like, let's focus on helping you make money. That is what is going to get you to that next level of success. That's what's going to get you to time freedom, to spend time with your family or your friends. Like that's what's going to make give you like the sleep. At, I can sleep at night because I know there's money in my bank account. That is what I love to focus on. And that's what a CFO can help you with. Got it. Very cool. I I I love how you define everything because I only recently learned that when people said accountant, that could be numerous things. And then the same yeah. thing about okay, bookkeeper will basically log in the information, but they won't guide you on anything. I'm like, all right, cool. And then CFO, I'm like, what exactly does a CFO do? And I always assumed in my head personally that CFO was like you had to make like a bajillion dollars in order to have a CFO and someone to work with you on strategy but what I'm understanding from you is that the secret sauce is it is a CFO like you want a CFO to basically be with you in your books and looking at things and helping you out pretty much yeah so here's what I'll say in the first couple of years like the first year I think you have a lot of learning to do in business so if even if you had a CFO advising you I think that we kind of it's like we got to grow up in in our business mm-hmm. we have to learn and we have to make mistakes and then be willing to have help I think that there's also a level of um, success that you can achieve in your business without having a CFO. So I think under six figures, like you, I think you can achieve success and you can learn things. But when you feel like you're at the limit of like, hmm, I'm just not sure how to like, how to make more, I'm stuck here. Like that is literally when you should be calling them in. And lots of people think like, oh, I need to... Like, I'm going to get this far and then call the CFOs like the CFO is the person who's going to help you get there. You need to call them sooner. And the best thing that I could say that has ever happened with this like online world is now we have the ability to have like fractional CFOs. So that's how I work for people. Yes, in the past, you used to have to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars for somebody to come work in your company. But now you can access that so in such a like small portion to help you take the steps. So you're not necessarily hiring somebody full time or even on a monthly basis, but you can help them like help you make a few decisions that get you to the next step where then you can make some more decisions. And that's like the most empowering experience, just being able to have somebody a little bit to help you get to that next level. That's awesome. You shared so much. Uh, I, like I said, I'm just here, like absorbing everything and like trying to like absorb yeah. and understand and keep keep on track of everything. But you shared so much valuable information so far already. I'm sure it illuminated a lot of things for a lot of chocolatiers. You're like, oh, that's maybe a little bit less overwhelming to think about now that she puts it that way. Or oh yeah, I definitely need to look at my numbers and start making more informed strategic decisions for my business. For you, uh, coming on to numbers and everything. Um, 
and in your own business experience, I guess, what was what would you say is some of the top business advice you ever received um, in terms of building up? Because I know that you mentioned, you know, you're all about not just not just making the money, but having that heartfelt impact, like feeling good about it. And I know I know that like based on mm-hmm. our conversations before, like you definitely have that vibe that you are someone who it's a whole picture for you. So what is something that you received as advice or something or thought or something that you read or something that really got you to think differently about how you approach business and then encourage you actually to go into business for yourself, I guess? Yeah, for sure. Oh, there's so many things I could think of. Um, The first thing I'd love to say is for anybody who's listening, who's like, I didn't go to business school, like I don't get any of this. I want to say, not only did I go to business school, but I became an accountant. And when I first opened my own business, I did not look at my numbers. <laughs> and I I thought if I just put in all the heart and I just did really great accounting, it was all going to be great. But um, it didn't, it, it wasn't having the results that I knew it could have or should have. And when I started looking at it, my team was happier. We defined what we were going to do. So they were happier with their roles. They had more parameters to work within of like, this should take this certain amount of time. So then if something was to go wrong, they could tell me ahead of time instead of like, you know, after the fact, it was just, it was the most liberating experience. So I just want to say like, do not feel like, oh, I, you know, I'm not good with numbers. Like I was an accountant and I also didn't want to look at my numbers. Um, Another concept that like drastically changed how I looked at business was I went for this investing course. Um, Turns out like I'm not going to be a stock trader ever. But (laughs) (laughs) what came up for me during this time was that like, you would never invest your retirement funds or like if your parents were like, where should I put my money? You would never invest in the stock market without knowing where the money was going. Yeah. And also never invest. Like if the company's like, well, we're not paying our CEO, but we hope too soon. You would also be like, that's a hard no. Mm -hmm. So I think you're doing yourself a disservice if you're not looking at the numbers. Like if you wouldn't invest your money in somebody else's company, if they're not looking at the numbers, then why would you do that for your company? Right. And I, I believe every single person has the ability to make their company great and to, um, like really deliver a product with heart. But sometimes that is like getting focused on what you want to do. And those numbers can help you make those decisions. So I would love to share that. Um, The piece behind paying yourself is so incredibly important. I've seen so many business owners who are like, well, if I just, you know, sell more or when I'm making more, I'll pay myself. But like, that doesn't happen. Like, if that's not the if that's not the point that we've placed on the map, then that's not where we're going to go. So we have to be intentional about it and and really place that. And actually, maybe the other thing I'll share is that in the seven years that I ran my accounting firm, when I got a handle on my numbers, I was able to give away $250,000. And that is because like, if anybody argues with you that you're like, oh, you know, you're just about the money is like, no, when I started looking at the money, I was able to give a lot away. Mm -hmm. And my team was well paid, like we were able to do so much more for the community. So I really want to use that as like an illuminating like, hey, guys, like it, it doesn't have to be this hard. That's awesome. Kudos. Yeah. Wow. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Amazing. Well, I wanted to thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Like I said, in the short amount of time, you dropped so many helpful tips and 
like I said, me not being a numbers person really per se, just trying to keep up with you and understanding the mind frame and how you think. But clearly knowing your numbers is key. Having someone in your pocket when you get able to is key. Strategically building businesses with intention is key. Paying yourself is the freaking key. Like all these things need yeah. to be reiterated and said time and time again. Um, where can people find you or find out more about you? Yeah. So I'm on Instagram as Stacy.millard. What I would actually love, Tina, mm-hmm. is I have this program that when I started talking about like there's three levers in business where we're talking like you can earn more money, bring in revenue, you can adjust your um, cost per item, you can adjust the overhead costs. But the other piece behind it is like you can also del- adjust your product suite and then you have to get intentional about how much time that you spend in your business. So I actually have a course that's created that really helps you like think through literally putting the pieces together. And um, usually I charge, I think it's around $200 um, for the course. I'd love to give it to your community for free. And yeah, like I'm just, I'm obsessed with people making money from businesses. And if people knew what was, what was in that course and could understand it, like everybody was taking it. This one girl's got like this whiteboard she showed me. (laughs) And I was just like, this is incredible that it changed her life so much that she keeps this board beside her desk every day. And I'm just like, I'm so touched that I also have that impact, but also that like now she's doing amazing things. So I'd love to give it to your community for free. I'll um, set up a discount code and you can put it in the show notes. For sure. That is amazing. Thank you so much. My gosh. Yeah. Uh, Well, I just wanted to say once again, thank you so much for coming on to the I Heart Chocolate podcast. It's been such a pleasure getting to know you and to hear you talk about the things that light you up. And clearly, like if you need help in this area, She's not just like smart and brains, like she's actually a really nice person, y'all. <laughs> so go reach out to her. <laughs> Clearly, as she just gave it such an amazing offer. Um, Stacy, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate thank you. It. And that is a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this podcast helpful and would be so kind, share the good news. Let your chocolate friends know, post about it on social media, or simply leave a five-star review. Because honestly, if I can help others to do the dang thing too. That is just awesome sauce in my book. Oh yeah, by the way, I say things like awesome sauce. (laughs) Anyways, y'all, I'm going to close with my personal mantra for life. Remember, Chocolatier, I truly 100% believe it and I know it to be true. You are absolutely worthy of the life you dream. You just have to have the courage to keep pursuing it. Till next time, friends.